0: It is so nice to see you again, Brett. How are you doing?
1: I am doing much better than I thought I would at this point in the series. Thank you so much. How are you?
0: I'm hanging in there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I did not expect it to be this way. I don't think anyone did.
1: Not at all. No, not at all. In fact, after our uh, our last conversation, I had a comment saying, uh, "I'm sorry, Brett. You know what? I, I, I've liked your show, but and I've liked you, but I just can't trust anybody who can't take the Oilers." And I said, "You know what? That's that's fair, but I just don't see it going the way that it has so far, and it's gone completely the other way from that."
0: <laughs> yeah, it has gone. It is just done a complete like 180 from what i thought it was going to be and i didn't expect the flames to dominate by any means i didn't expect either team to truly have any like and to have a 3-1 lead you don't expect that um in this series i thought that it was going to be more evenly matched
1: well and exactly so we are we're gonna chat about just exactly what went wrong so far for the flames how the oilers got here and really just what questions we have to around this whole series like there's been so much to talk about in this series just before we got on we were like well there's a little bit of a plan but what can we not talk about in this series
0: what what happened to mike smith okay game one i was like this is fantastic We have Mike Smith right where we want him. No.
1: Where where did that go? Where did that go? Mike Smith looks like, well, I mean, the Mike Smith that was almost in Vesna Trophy talks a couple years ago when the Oilers first got him. Like, it it was a weird fall off because it's obvious that he's kind of older and he's not necessarily going to be as quick or spry as the other goaltenders in the playoffs in general. Not only who they play, Mm -hmm. but... He has looked just as good, if not better than, well, certainly better than Jacob Markstrom, unfortunately, for, for you and the Flames, but he's looked just as good as any goaltender in the playoffs so far, minus yeah. some, some blips.
0: <laughs> I saw a tweet the other night that said um, Jacob Markstrom and Mike Smith had a Freaky Friday situation. Because <laughs> <laughs> there, there really are some goals that Markstrom allows that I'm like, you are, if you're doing that, you should be in an Oilers uniform, like silly goose. Like, it just it was it's so frustrating to watch because my cat doesn't like it either. But, like, he, you know that, that your guys are capable of making certain plays. And for Markstrom to make the mistake of coming out of his crease the way that he did, It was very bad.
1: Yeah, very Mike (laughs) Smith-esque.
0: Yes. And, you know, I just – I don't understand. I don't know what is going on with the goaltending. I don't know if he's hurt. He didn't really have much rest and the latter half of the season when he really should have been resting against non-playoff, non-divisional, you know, teams. So – Is this a factor of Daryl Sutter's um, old habits dying hard when it comes to Mm. riding goaltenders into the ground?
1: Well there's a lot of talk especially in the last couple of years of just how much you can really use your goaltenders and the Oilers a couple of years ago before even really the 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 COVID stoppage the 1A 1B with Smith and Koskinen really worked like they were one of the top defensive teams and goaltending teams in hockey before that that COVID break and and I mean, obviously Mike Smith gets older and nobody gets younger. And so obviously there are a lot of those questions, but Jacob Markstrom against the Oilers. I mean, uh, so many people talk about the numbers that he has against the Oilers, but so far in this series, he has an 850 save percentage. I I looked at that and went, uh, is that, is that right? I I did the math myself and I'm like, there's no way that's right. There's no way that's right. But it is
0: 850. It just, it doesn't look Right. You don't see numbers like that from Jacob Markstrom. And it does this have to do with the fact that the Oilers are just so dominant offensively. And they can read him better than he can track the puck. You know, I think it's, it's so frustrating to watch as a Flames fan and someone covering the Flames. But as a hockey fan, to watch the Oilers tear it up like that, it's kind of fun. It's it is, isn't it? Fun. It is. And- well, uh, the
1: thing that that kind of concerns me for the Flames, and this isn't an e- – I, I don't want to sound too much like an Oilers homer. That's kind of my think, thing yeah. is just like – I mean, it's easy to look at the Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl's of the Oilers and be like – Man, that's that's a good team. But the thing about the Oilers is that they have been very dominant and especially in game three on the transition, the transit like they just caught the flames out of transition every time they brought it up into their end. And then on top of that, the Oilers have an agenda, almost, of making sure they have a layered cycle beneath the the face-off dots, and you just get pinned in your own zone. So if the Flames can't even defend on the transition, and then they have to worry about this layered cycle, that concerns me. As as somebody who's away from the Flames, I can only imagine what it's like for somebody who's around the
0: Flames. I just sit there with like my head in my hands. I like, it is so frustrating to watch because like you said, like the Oilers just have this tactic and this technique of how they're cycling the puck and how they're trying to dominate and generate scoring chances. And the flames just can't number one, can't get out of their own way. Noah Hannafin, I love (laughs) you to death, but like, we you need to go back to like the fundamentals of <laughs> de- defending i don't know the tears of like youth hockey but let's go back because this whole postseason not even just this series but he has been a liability out on the ice for them and with chris tana being out it, it's been hard it has absolutely been difficult the flames looked their best Okay, I shouldn't even say that. That's a lot. That's a bit of a, story. <laughs> but they looked more put together defensively in game four when Tanev came back because Completely. of what he provides, and it. I thought he was battling a lower body injury, so that's why I thought he was out. But it, it's his shoulder, apparently.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah. And the dude, Oilers that, took advantage that of that. Roll,
0: that second goal, he looked like he got banged up a little. I was like, I don't know if he's coming back. I don't know. But, you know, I think it's part of the postseason. And I'm not trying to glorify them playing through their injuries or anything because I it's just such a touchy subject. And I I just I think that there are players who will do whatever it takes to get it done. And we're seeing that with Drysidal as well.
1: Well, and that was where I was going to go, too, is Leon Dreisaitl has what a lot of people are calling a very difficult uh, ankle injury. He didn't practice again today. He hasn't really practiced on a lot of game days. So it it really does kind of cause a a question, I guess. Also, Darnell Nurse has a core muscle injury for the Oilers, too. And like you said, everybody is battling something. but. Chris Tanev does not look healthy. Every single time he would go back to the bench, he's he's moving that shoulder, he's playing with that shoulder, you know. I woke up and my shoulder hurt, just thinking about it. Like it, right. it is it it does not look good. He's going into the corners and he's getting hit by two guys. If you're gonna try and have a guy who's, who's and you take a look at the numbers from Christopher Tanneh against Connor McDavid, like. He is a shut-down defenseman against the top, top guys. But if he's not healthy, I mean, you got a shark in the water with Connor McDavid, and if he smells that blood, it is game over for you. Yeah,
0: I just I, – I I don't know. If I saw Connor McDavid skating towards me, I'd be like, oh, okay, all right. That's it. Bye. That's yeah. Okay, thanks, coach. We're just going to – it's all good. Exactly. Uh, I just – him and Nathan McKinnon, I was watching the Avalanche game last night, and I was like, oh, nope. I'm all set. I'm good. Like <laughs> oh,
1: I think it was, I think it was Drew Doughty and Brent Seabrook at the the All Star game, and they were talking about just Connor McDavid skating, and it was Shea Weber. Shea Weber was one of those guys, and he, they just said, "You just got to turn around and just skate towards your net, and he'll still beat you there." So you give him any sort of space, and and we have seen just how effective Connor can be, but. You try and take Connor away. Now you got it. And Leon, let's put, throw in there. Now you also have to deal with Zach Hyman, Evander Kane, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins, right. Kyler Yamamoto. There's a plethora of guys that, especially going into the series, a lot of people had the Flames having the, the the advantage and the depth. But it seems like it's the Oilers' depth players who are really taking it uh, over in this series.
0: Oh, absolutely. And Zach Hyman being a playoff performer. it's so funny to me because, I mean, watching him disappear on the ice year after year for Toronto against Boston in the first round, like it was just, it was beautiful. And I knew that he developed more and like matured and uh, strengthened his game. But I don't, I'm tired of throwing my decorative pillows and cussing. At the television because of Zach Hyman, I'm I'm over it. I'm tired. Please give us a break.
1: Children's book author Zach Hyman. May we have? He
0: has a book.
1: He has a book. He has a couple. He's made a couple children's books as well. So, yeah, yeah. He's he's all around great guy, Zach Hyman. Uh, My mother even she wrote a a children's book and was thinking of right sending it over to him, being like, hey, (laughs) yeah, Zach Hyman. Great guy. Great guy to have in the organization. So happy the Oilers have
0: him. Yeah. No, I would be happy too if they weren't playing the Flames. But (laughs) um, speaking of giving everyone a break, I figured we could take a quick break here uh, just to talk about Built Bar. And coming up next, we're going to just continue unpacking this series because – It's a good therapy session for both sides. (laughs) There has been a lot to say. And in order to get you through these days, um, Built Bar has everything you need to fuel your good hockey days because uh, they've been asked to make granola bars and they're delivering. Built granola bars come in three unbelievable flavors, chocolate peanut butter, chocolate coconut, and white white chocolate berry. Want mm-hmm. to try all three flavors? You can get a mixed box at built.com right now. They're, these are so different from the regular built bars and puffs because they are loaded with granola and the, I'm, I really hope they send us some because these sound really good. Oh, yeah. um, I'm very interested in the white chocolate berry and the peanut butter. I will, Absolutely take a box of those. But even if they don't, I'm sure I will place an order. Um, these bars are only 150 calories with 15 grams of protein and 4 grams of sugar. And these granola bars will change your world. They are a perfect snack to carry with you on your summer hikes this, uh, this wonderful summer ahead of us. And they are made with collagen protein, and uh, your, which helps your body absorb everything more efficiently. Head on over to built.com today to get your built granola bars, and you can use promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. And that's LOCKED15 for 15% off at Bilt.com.
1: Those white chocolate berries. I'm not a big, like, berry person in any of my food other than if I'm eating berries. That sounds good.
0: Right, like yeah. that does sound absolutely delicious, and I am, I'm hopeful that they'll send us some because that <laughs> I really want to try those.
1: Bill did it again.
0: They did. <laughs> they did. They did. They sent me, and every time, I'm like, oh, I I have enough from the last time they sent it. Oh, I guess I need to place an order. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: exactly. You can't get away with it.
0: There. So we mentioned Evander Kane before the break. And this man is a menace. On the ice, off the ice, wherever he is in society, he is a menace. But I am so – why did he think he could just put up three goals that –
1: Basically, any game that he plays in, at least yeah. two ga- two goals a game, it feels yeah. like. And uh, right now, he has twelve goals going into uh, game number five in Calgary. The last time anybody has scored fifteen, hasn't been basically hasn't been done in the last twenty five years. But the last time was with Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby uh, had fifteen goals in the couple playoff uh, seasons ago, I should say. And nobody's been that productive since.
0: I I don't understand it. it, Like, like,
1: you have a guy who's coming in. Basically, he's played five games before Jay Woodcroft comes in. Played pretty well. I mean, you know what you're going to get out of Evander Kane. The guy has been in the league for X amount of years. And the guy just continues to somehow get better on the ice. Plus... He just had a kid yesterday. So, I mean, yeah. that daddy strength isn't exactly fake. Like, that, like he's going to go out there and still have a chance. Either has three more games against the Calgary Flames, or he has the Western Conference Finals to deal with.
0: I, when I was like, okay, yesterday, I saw that he didn't travel with the team. But the headline, like, didn't allude to the fact that there was a child involved. So, I was like, <laughs> I was like, let's go. Like, <laughs> yes, like he probably like stumped his toe a little too hard. Like, yeah. Karma is finally here. The flames are gonna do great. Let's go. And then I saw that um his new girlfriend had a baby. Congratulations to them. Um best of luck. Um, but Edmonton and Calgary are not far apart from each other, as we know. Yeah. And he- he's there. He's there. So the flames yeah be getting a break tonight.
1: Well, and and that's the thing. Like, I think a lot of people don't really realize just how close Calgary and Edmonton are. Like, yeah, we say it's the Battle of Alberta, but you you see the Battle of Tampa and the difference between those two cities. It's just kind of between Edmonton and Calgary. You could drive down to the game and come back in this in the same night and be in your bed and comfortable. And so he wasn't at practice uh, today as well. He also at, at the time of practice, he wasn't in Calgary yet either but indications are showing that he will be playing in that game so i mean uh, the, the the proximity of this series really 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 changes a lot for a lot of different people and the fact that he's able to be there for the birth of his son iverson frank kane is is the the kid's name and be able to come down to to calgary scary i think that's scary honestly but there. That goes into our, our the secondary scoring kind of conversation. Basically, for the Edmonton Oilers, if it's not Connor McDavid or Leon Drysaddle scoring, it's basically secondary scoring. Yeah. Evander Kane has been doing that for the Oilers. Zach Hyman, uh, Ryan Nugent Hopkins went out there. I mean, McDavid had two assists and Leon had three, and it was still a quiet game for the two of them.
0: But for the it's Flames. That's a quiet game for them. That says it all. It does. Exactly.
1: Exactly. You're completely right. But for the Flames, Matthew Kachuk and Johnny Goudreau are those two guys who had over 100 points. In the last couple of games, they've been uh, almost nowhere to be seen.
0: Yeah, I think that, you know, the narrative of Johnny not being a playoff performer, I think that that's, I think that that's washed. I do. I think that that is something he has put to bed Um Matthew Kachuk, on the other hand, I, I do expect more from him. I, I really do. I am happy that he is finding himself not in the penalty box as often as some of us expected. He, he's still there. He's still making, you know, <laughs> still, still punching that frequent flyer card. But <laughs> it's, not, not to, it's not to the point where everyone is saying, Matthew, what are you doing? Right. And it's more of the veteran guys that are doing that. It's Lucic. It's uh, Trevor Lewis. It's uh, just Blake Coleman even. Yeah. Which is so weird.
1: Yeah, out of character.
0: uh, Right. And I get it. Emotions are high. People are (laughs) feeling some type of way. I don't blame them. But at some point, you really have to get it together and say, okay, like, our season is on the line. This isn't just about continuing, you know, okay, like, okay, we play Edmonton, now we have to fly to San Jose to continue our West, you know, the West Mm -hmm. Coast trip, whatever. Mm -hmm. Like, your season is – there's not much more wiggle room. And the Flames have won multiple games in a row before. So I'm not overly concerned with that. I think that they can – I mean, we're going to talk more predictions after, but I do think that they'll win tonight. I think that I, I do. I think that the home crowd, um, re- like that home ice advantage, it has its impacts. It Certainly. has its advantages, but I, I, I mean, I was sitting on my couch telling them to walk back to Calgary. And-
1: I to saw that tweet, back.
0: and I was talking with my boyfriend. I was like, I don't think we can have kids. <laughs> I can't like i can't do that like as a parent
1: yeah not, gonna be like, the hockey mom going and driving the right. car in front as the kids running let's go them.
0: beep beep like yeah yeah
1: connor i told you i told you right. what would happen
0: <laughs> right yeah. and like i just i think that they're going to come into this in a much more disciplined mindset right. and if they don't i will be thoroughly disappointed
1: well, it's interesting that you mentioned Blake Coleman because I, I have the stats. Where I, have, I have a ton of like whiteboards, so I, every time I go and grab stuff, that's what I'm grabbing. But uh, Blake Coleman has two goals and assists so far throughout this series and throughout the playoffs, really. That's not fantastic. That's especially not- for somebody who was brought in to be a secondary scorer. And especially when those top guys like Kachuk and uh, Johnny Goudreau aren't producing.
0: Absolutely. And I think the problem, again, Daryl Sutter, he he's a champion. He knows what it takes to win. I host a podcast. Like we are not the same, yeah. but, but I am someone who is not opposed to switching things up. Daryl Sutter made the mistake of throwing his fourth line that I've called the waiver line pretty much all season. Um, except only one of them was waived and that was Brad Richardson. But um <laughs> He was putting them up there against McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Kane. I get it. They're big dudes. You're trying to, like, not give them space, but it's not that's not effective. However, the Apani, Backlund, and Coleman line it was one of the top defensive lines in the league this season. And he didn't reunite them until some point later in the Stars series and then broke them up again. And I was just –
1: yeah, but
0: then, well, the, the
1: interesting thing with that, too, is I think that's a great point, because you take a look at in the last series with the Oilers and the Kings, the Kings really deployed Philip Deneau on Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl, and for the most part, it did kind of work. Near the end of the series, it started to kind of fade out, and we all know what eventually happened, but if if Connor McDavid's getting different looks from somebody who is just obviously someone who can shut them down and also create something in their own end that's an issue
0: yeah an i just issue. i don't know i think it's um obviously do or die time tonight for the flames but i'm hoping yeah. I'm, I'm truly hoping that they find a way because
1: that's- sorry Sorry I interrupted you there. The, the the internet here, you know. Um we will get into a little bit more of the predictions in just a second as we will wrap things up in just a second, but first Let's talk a little bit about Bet Online because I was going on Bet Online today and seeing some of the the lines that they have and seeing some of the things that you can actually bet on is insane. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds news. And sports developments, including this year's NHL hockey playoffs and the QMJHL playoffs. Yeah, I again, I was on bet online, and isn't that crazy? Uh, tonight, Xavier Borgo, the Oilers first round draft pick, plays for the Schwinigan Cataracts, and you can bet on that game.
0: Like, That's what? like I never would expect that to have like a betting. Uh, absolutely, betting. like I can't. <sighs>
1: Who's putting lines on that? Plus, you can right? bet on you can bet on lines on Mexican baseball, Korean baseball. You can bet on basically any type of sport that you can imagine. You can bet on. You can bet on bet online. Plus, they got baseball scores. They got the NFL futures. Everything you could possibly imagine underneath the sports sun, they've got it for you. Bet online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and much more. Head to the website today, or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. Let's end it here. Let's 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 have one last one here instead of starting. Let's end it. This whatever I'm saying here. Let's end this uh, episode here with just some predictions for the rest of the series as we do have game 5 tonight and you already said you think the flames are going to take it tonight.
0: I do. I think that they I I think that it's going to be um a win tonight, but I I don't mm. see them winning three in a row. I don't. Well, that's
1: think, a thing, right?
0: Yeah, like I just I think that's a lot to ask for them. Um or a, a lot to ask from them with this team you're facing. You know, it's different to go out there and win three in a row against a team, you know, on random spurts throughout the season, right? Like mm-hmm. you, you might catch a team on the second half of a back to back. It's something you know might actually play in your favor. But um, you know, Daryl Sutter had a quote today, and he, I think I know this man. I think I've profiled him. Out. <laughs> I figured him out. Like honestly, watch out, NHL. Like I'm coming <laughs> for your jobs, for your coaching position, but. I think he does like a little bit of the mind game tricks things because he wasn't really rolling out lines or anything specific during practices against the stars. And then all of a sudden he's um, deploying 11 forwards and seven defensemen. Yeah. Which worked. Worked fantastic. But today he had a quote that was like, we're giving it all we got. They're just, maybe they're just better. And for a coach to admit that, I just, I feel like he's either absolutely fed up and done and completely over it, or he's like, let them take their foot off the gas for a second. Right. Since the Flames are giving it their all, maybe we don't have to go as hard. Right.
1: Well, and that's a good point. You know what? I did see that quote and and that's, it did kind of run in my mind where, A, yeah, is that kind of a a slight white flag? It is what it is. Or is that just lighting the fire underneath the flame's butt and go, hey, you know what? This team has been better than you. Are you actually going to take that? Everybody has said going into this series, you are the better team. While we're in game five tonight and – so far, and basically every game other than game one, which you can kind of throw out either way they've been better than you what are you going to do about it, and that scares me from the Oilers perspective, because like you said Daryl Sutter's Daryl Sutter and my dad is a full-blown Oilers homer to the ends of the earth, but even he can admit that Daryl Sutter is probably, and especially in this generation, the best coach we have seen in the league. Yeah. Kind of scary. He's
0: absolutely up there. Yeah.
1: But yeah. No.
0: This goes.
1: I think it ends tonight. I'm, I, it's a totally different tune than the last time we met. And maybe that, that's kind of a, a bad omen because I was so in the dumps going, oh, man, this, this isn't good. But I, I have to tell you, after game three, I, I was calling series. I was genuinely calling series. Even after when Johnny Goudreau came in, the, the the exact moment that sits in my head that this series turned was Johnny Goudreau's breakaway in Game 3 where he gets stopped and then Kachuk comes in with the rebound and gets absolutely robbed. The crowd was into it. The Oilers were in control at the time. Mike Smith looked like Mike Smith of the potential can, uh, Vesna Trophy candidate. Mike Smith. It looked like it was over, and then the Oilers ran away with that game. I just, I don't see. I. It just seems like there's so much going for the Oilers, and plus, you got the Connor McDavid aspect of things like that's a that's a killer over on that side like he is he is a bona fide just stud and I don't care who you put out there he is the best player that we have ever seen and what are you going to do to stop it
0: yeah you can't and like you said I think that Mike Smith robbing Uh, Kachuk and Goudreau of their goals has also robbed them of their confidence, which which is a huge part in what you need to win a game. So, you know, um, best of luck through the remainder of this series, however (laughs) many games that may be. Um,
1: you too, honestly, (laughs) because I'm not. It's the Battle of Alberta, and I mean. Let's be honest here. History does end up repeating itself in so many of these series. And even the series in 1991 went seven games after it was 3-1 for the Oilers. There's 3-1 for the Oilers in 1986. Flames came back. 3-1 yeah. for the Oilers in 1984. Flames came back. So,
0: Have we had a series be blown yet? A 3-1 lead this postseason?
1: This postseason? No. No, All right. not this so postseason. So. This is... Okay, careful. We don't want to put that. I'm we don't want to put that super in the universe.
0: Saying it happens, <laughs> what it feels like every year. And I think, oh my god, I was going to say something about um, the flames, but I do think that there is a a chance that absolutely no, no, rewind. Whoever whoever wins this series has to go and more than likely play Colorado. Yes. That's not fun. No. That is not fun. I don't want to do that. I don't want to waste my time. Um, I, and the flame season is not a bust if they lose tonight. I'm sorry, it's not. They were not expected to perform like this, and I'll talk more about that on Friday's show. But regardless, both of these teams, I think, are exceeding the expectations that were set for them.
1: Totally. I think uh, maybe we should end with this because uh, maybe it just kind of reminisces and puts, puts me in kind of a little bit of a, uh, death grip here, but the last coach and the last team to come back from a three, one series deficit was the Los Angeles Kings coached by Daryl Sutter. And they came back from three, one deficit against the San Jose sharks. So if history does repeat itself, we see the coach there who uh, has certainly done it before.
0: Well, wow. I think that is a perfect place to end this show. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for joining me today, Brett. I greatly appreciate you, it. Uh, where can everyone find you on social media and your show?
1: Thank you so much for having me, Jess. Uh, you can find me on social media. Me personally at the real Holden forty H O L D E N. But you don't want to see me. You want to see the show that is locked on Oilers on in or at on Twitter, excuse me. And you can look us up on uh, YouTube at Locked On Oilers as well. If you haven't already subscribed, hit that subscribe button as well. Just for a little Battle of Alberta taste as well.
0: Yeah, no, absolutely. And plus, you know, you're a great host and entertaining and engaging and you know i mean it's you don't want to root for your rivals after you know if they especially if they eliminate you but it's always good for fun insight for commuting um and whatever you're doing throughout your life i don't know i listen to podcasts whenever (laughs) i like it's it's a soundtrack to my day at this point totally but you can find me on twitter at jess Belmosto, follow the show at uh lo underscore flames pod and you can find me wherever you can find locked on Oilers. And uh, go Flames.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That was sly. That was sly.